the following episode contains strong language, violence, and references to drugs and alcohol. Previously on Masks and Mayhem. Here's what we understand. At some point, Yarkalen killed Yarkaven, took over Atlantis. Oh god damn it, I knew your Kardashian was gonna do something stupid. He he took over Ulabrin had a had a fancy name for him, but we just came to calling him the Shocktopus. What are they? Your powers. Oh right, right, right. So you're from before then. Yeah, let's start here. When did you get them? I guess it was not too long after the invasion started. Which was? 2022-ish. Alright, what can you do? So it happened when the Atlanteans attacked, our house got hit. That's when it started coming down, that's when I was able to do this for the first time. And he thrusts his arms upward, and basically two golden sort of energy shields come out of them. He is going to massacre our people, Yardak. Just quell the insurrection. Well, you stop that! And and the king smashes his hand down on the throne and says, I will not be spoken to this way in my own throne room. And Yarkalen goes, I told you, it's too late. I've seen what's coming. And he makes a motion uh, with his hands. Each of his guards simultaneously pulls out a dagger and stabs the king's guard. Uh, some figures walk in. So, on one side, it is a few of the Queen's Guard, the Queen, Ula Zara, and then also your mother, Ula Vala. Um, and then on the other side, with two more of the King's Guard, is Ula Bryn. And I think that's when the Queen steps forward and says, More discussion is needed to be had. Gods, we will place the King into his chambers, and the Prince as well. They will not be allowed to leave. Husband, do not put up a fight. What the Queen does is she gets you access to a prototype ship from Atlantis. As you are heading out from Atlantis and you're starting to pull away and pull upwards and kind of seeing above the city, uh, you can actually like see from this distance through lights and whatnot, uh, uh, you can see like a mass migration of people. Fascinating. Well, that's going to be the next thing to deal with in Atlantis. Quite a few of them seem to be coming in your direction that you're heading. You start to hear like a little bit of a, a crackling of thunder in the distance. Everything, like, for lack of a better term, like a sizzle, like it's shh. You can hear it, like, coming through the loudspeaker. Oh, okay. And you hear another voice come over the loudspeaker. Hyperact incoming. One cosmic bolt for special delivery. Basically, as the streak comes across the field, there is basically a quick stop, a hop, and she throws a lightning bolt straight at this thing. And this bolt is, is of a, a higher brightness of purple than you had ever seen Myra previously throw. And as she continues running, you, you hear someone come up on the loudspeaker. Everything's powering up, Director. Everything looks good. Bullard's face lights up like, yes, it's working. What's the situation, Kit? Uh, I'm glad your friends are there with you. Who's up for a little uh, road trip? I've been tracking a uh, uh, the whereabouts of a Mr. Vapor Kappa. He showed up in High Wind for a moment, but then he disappeared. I didn't want to. I didn't, that was when I, you know, I had to leave real quick. I was checking up on that to see if maybe he was reappearing. You know, his old haunts. No, it, this is kind of a big deal. Uh, he is showing up near Blackbrush, California.
we're coming back in to Riverside City. It is a crisp fall, late October morning. We'll start with visual aid. What you've been doing in the last seven months since the adventure occurred. Of course, keeping up with like my training with Laserhawk and Hornet, which it was Hornet was part of that training, right? Yeah. Been, you know, busy at work on Space Cadet, but I'm imagining this wrapping up for the like the season has been filming forever. I was gonna say, if it's been seven months, I imagine if anything, like maybe the episodes have started releasing by this point. Uh, she's been, you know, keeping busy with work at Space Cadet, and also she has got on some like fan like podcasts and different things like that to kind of talk about her experience. N- nothing too crazy, just she's not like a big name on the show, but specifically going on like Space Cadet podcast. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, Space Cadet podcast. Just Ruby would have like a relationship because she was like part of the fandom for so long with some of these podcasters, I would imagine. And she's also, you know, starting to work on the script for a sequel to The Black Cat, although that's in early stages. Okay. Do a filmmaking role. Um, 22. We'll say then that these uh, first couple episodes coming out have been really well received. Fans feel that it's faithful to the original. They're kind of connecting with these characters. Your appearances on these podcasts have also really been hyping up the fan base pretty well. Nice. I would say to the point that maybe the first one wasn't official. And then after that, they found out that you were on it. And the execs were like, hey, yeah, you want to be on a few more? Okay, cool. And Laserhawk, what have you been up to these last seven months? Well, what do you think? I get home, I call my wife, and we take it from there. Ex-wife. Ex-wife. Shut up. (laughs) We're going to get you a shirt that just says ex-wife. Yeah, I need to talk to my ex-wife about little, uh, little Jimothy. Let's roll this then as a persuasion check. Um... I assume you're not trying to intimidate, at least. No, no. Holy shit. Look, I don't care if I roll another nat 20 ever again in my life. This is the one that fucking counted. It's only a 23 altogether, but that's why I needed it. All right. And so give me like one or two like lines that you use to explain. Like, what do you what do you say? I'm assuming this means you have to tell her what what you did. Well, yeah. First, I lead in by saying, well, I got some wacky shenanigans in the future. And it (laughs) turns out that uh, our darling child definitely has powers in the future now i'm pretty sure that we have averted that particular future but i still feel like our kid is going to be more like me than we want and i wanted to talk to you first to figure out how we should handle this as carl's parents Oh, wow. Uh, Brock, I say I. There is so much to unpack here. And so, like, I'm thinking you're saying in the future, in a possible future. I say we take it one day at a time. We we wait to see if this even happens in, in this timeline. Like, well, he, 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 here's my dilemma. Uh future our son god that's so weird i've had such a fucking time lately bev uh he says that they're gonna kick in 
soon. Right, but like with all the studies that I've seen on, on post-human physiology, it, it's caused in a lot of cases by stressful events. So if we're, you know, if we're saying that this this particular event isn't happening, you know, that may delay or or change things entirely. Let's okay, but what if that's? There's no sense in bringing it up to him. That 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 might just stress him out. That might just do it right there. That's fair, but what if he's get bullied at school and that turns into a stressful event? That is a much worse scenario for us and him. So, like, there's the talk, like, puberty, right? But, like, there's no sense in bringing this one up because it's not a for sure thing. Like, I say we keep an eye on him, of course. We, we, we you know, nudge him to, to make sure he's letting us know about stuff. But I'm, I'm certainly not up to bringing this up to him until we have reason to think it's happening. If and when it does happen, though. Me having my set of experiences, I'd like to be the one to have that chat with him, if you're comfortable with that. I'm not going to have him gallivanting around the city, I'm not going to do anything foolish with him, but I have experience with this, and I feel like if there was ever a time and a place where I could be a dad, it's here. All right, Brock, you're right. Yeah, well, uh, well, I'll let you take charge on that, of course, you know, but I think that means you're finally going to have to let him into that part of your life. You know, I know we've been trying to kind of not move into Riverside has kind of changed, changed the dynamic a little bit, but I know you haven't really. I know I haven't really wanted you to tell him about that part. I knew he'd have to find out eventually. Like. You had to find out eventually. Let's not listen. We'll talk about this later. Let's not rehash. No, no, no. I'm no, I'm not trying to. I'm just saying I'd like for his finding out to be better, you know? Yeah. All right. Um, I got to get going, but I'll, I'll we'll talk about this again. I'm sure. Yep. You see the kid. Tell him I said hi. And then Yardak, what have you been up to these last seven months? Desperately training with Ulibrin because I'm terrified of the fucking potential uprising should shithead get his way in any kind of capacity. So I'm like, please help me in any possible way. Have me run the gauntlet over and over again. I would say that that training's probably been pretty good. I would say the thing that is most notable for you, and I'd say the world at large, is that there was a mass exodus of Atlanteans from Atlantis and they've become more prominent, particularly in the areas surrounding Riverside. There has been, uh, for lack of a better term, a bit of a a colony of sorts that has formed outside into the international waters beyond Riverside. Hell yeah, some Atlantean refugees. Uh, But yeah, they basically have started congregating there just because that is, that is a known place where you have been and you've been a, a reliable, trustworthy figure in, in their society. How dare you accuse me of such. (laughs) Meanwhile, back in Atlantis, things have been tenuous at best. The queen has been kind of keeping order. There's been, you know, more discussions about like complete reform. You know, there's been, uh, there's definitely been some discussion from the military about maybe they should be the ones in charge now until things settle down. Like it's, it's, Again, tenuous at best. Put the sisterhood in charge. I guess I could renovate the laser hut a little bit. Could use a deck. It'd look real nice with a deck. 
I would imagine it probably probably have to fix it off up after that fight. Oh yeah, definitely. But I'm just saying, I'm right by the sea. Technically, my warehouse could use a fucking deck. Laserhawk, visual aid, yard deck. It is late October 2022, a crisp fall morning in Riverside City, Connecticut. A lot has happened since you returned from the ocean depths. You have been summoned to the Union Station in downtown Riverside by Kevin Lewis. And when you arrive, you notice that there's no one else in the main office. And when you enter into Lewis's office in the back, you see him with a familiar face. Hey, friends. Ah! No! <laughs> yes! Oh my god. Every appearance I have made on this show has been building up toward this moment. Who the fuck are you? Oh my god, that's right. <laughs> that joke can finally be retired. Oh, um, uh, Laserhawk, this is, uh, Hyperact. Hi, Laserhawk, nice to meet you. It was really about to go straight to name names. <laughs> How do you do, Namorino? So, Lewis, if you're bringing people in from out of town, I feel like my day's about to get a lot more stressful, huh? We're actually bringing you into this op. Interesting. Elaborate. Hyperact, care to cover this one? Wait, I didn't know that you had a code name, Ruby. I don't think I, I knew that when I left. Uh, visual aid's pretty cool. Uh, thank you. And yeah, I guess... I guess you didn't. God, it's been so long. So, Yardak and the rest of you are probably wondering what I've been up to while I've been gone. It's been a trip. I will say that much. So, I went undercover and I joined this group called the Aces Clash Club, which is kind of like a fight club for powered people. <laughs> just, well, I'm just like imagining Myra walking in, just buff as shit. <laughs> <laughs> I did gain 15 pounds of muscle. Yeah, so. I was say, you should imagine that Myra looks much more, much, uh, much buffer. Her, her traps are just like more athletic. This sounds like something Brock would know about. Who's Brock? Me. Are you saying Ace's Clash Club? This sounds like some shit that would exist where Brock is from as well. Is there anything I could roll on this? You can, but it's unlikely that you would know about it. But what are the rules of Fight Club? Uh, I am actually not allowed to talk about it, but... (laughs) (laughs) For the purposes of this mission, obviously you guys need to be briefed. So yeah, Ace's Clash Club. I've been kicking ass, making my way to the top. I've been trying to find out who's running this thing. I don't know anything except that they're called management. Made a friend. He was called Flo. We actually don't tell each other our real names outside of the Aces Clash Club scene. Mm -hmm. Over there, I'm known as Nightlight. Is it because you knock people out? That is exactly what I did on my, my little trial thing. And then they decided to call me that from that point on. Oh, I thought you like you got a new power or something. And I was like, oh, <laughs> no. Well, no. Brandon fucking loves all of this. <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of wacky over the top shit I want in my superhero universes. So pretty much I'm just trying to find out who management is and we want to shut this thing down and get me out. Management. I fucking love that. I love how um, ominous it's management. yes we've been sending hyperact so this organization seems to move every month or so they've hit a lot of different locations we initially had hyperact infiltrate via sunset beach we were able to get a lot of information 
They've been to Brisbane, Australia, Amsterdam, Highwind City. They continue moving, and luckily, Hyperact has been able to maintain her cover, but things have begun to get a little dicey. Uh, we've taken notice that as time has gone on, more bodies have been showing up. And he pulls up kind of a slideshow, and he sh- shows someone on the screen, kind of a rather nondescript-looking buff guy with like a shaved head and camo pants. This gentleman, known as Copycat, can duplicate himself and has recently seemed to take on more of an enforcer role on management's behalf, killing Flo. He killed Flo? I hate that guy. Seems to be maintaining order in terms of not letting those who have gotten further in from getting out. Let's kick his ass. Agreed. Well, it's not just that. During Hyperac's latest mission in Amsterdam, we discovered that management does report to somebody, though we haven't been able to figure out who quite yet. Let's kick his ass. That is why we're bringing you in. With how dangerous things are getting, we do want to extract Hyperact, but we also want to do our best to bring this to a close. We've been able to gather up information on some of their, some of their newest recruits, and he pulls up uh, a few listings. Uh, one is kind of a gentleman who seems to have like long dagger fingers. Uh, this one is named Claw. Brings up a guy who's kind of like very kind of oily looking, long strangly hair. This one goes by the creative moniker Sticky Steve. Sticky Steve! (laughs) He's my new favorite character. You know, honestly, more creative than I would have thought. I met him at my initiation. He was the one that I I, uh, took care of. And he pulls up a picture. It's a report of Ulrich. He's alive, but looks very banged up. (gasps) Oh, fuck. What the hell happened to him? We tried to have him go in undercover to connect with Hyperact because we hadn't heard from her in a while. He was not able to maintain his cover for very long before they figured him out. Why would you send a werewolf on a black ops mission? What? <laughs> Where is he now? He's fine. He's back at Alpha Base in Washington. Okay. I know. Good. You know, again, luckily we were able to extract him, but that's going to put them on their top guard knowing that people are trying to infiltrate. All right. Well, now I really want to kick their ass. Same. That's the exact attitude I want out of you, Laserhawk. Hyperact will be taking point on this mission as the person who's been most connected with the Clash Club. Of course. Your goal will be simple. They are coming to Riverside. They've sent Hyperact here ahead, or Nightlight, to help set up their next location, giving us a bit of a drop on them. All right, where are we going? Like, are we going to like try and like appear as people trying to get in? That was our plan, if that's what you're up for. That does, however, mean you will need to take on some new identities as your existing code names are quite familiar. Well, Yardak? Well, I'm an Atlantean. That's kind of hard to not be. Uh, actually, a little convenient that all the Atlanteans have started showing up specifically here. True. Well, that brings us to a few things. One, and he goes to hand you kind of a necklace, Yardak. Mm-hmm. After your encounter alongside Beowulf, and connecting with Mira the Mystic, we were able to garner this up for you since you are a known figure in Atlantean culture. Ooh. This will activate a glamour charm, which will change your appearance. Okay, okay. Cool. A genuine question. Does he lose his, like, attractive trait, or is he still hot? He's still hot, of course. <laughs> he can be differently hot. That's fine. That's fair. That's a completely valid answer. His jawline's a little less chiseled, but he now has an ass thick enough to stack books on. (laughs) This is another reason that I thought you would be the best to bring in. And he pulls up two more pictures on the slideshow. 
We have reason to believe that these two have been recruited into the most recent bout. All of you would recognize one of them. It is Vapor Kappa. Fuck. <sighs> so that's what you've been up to, Tanahashi. And the other one only Dan would recognize as Yartrav. Original leader of the Atlantean insurrection. Yeah. Let's say, because I was like, I've mentioned him a couple times, and you're kind of like, eh, forget about it, forget about it. Like, when, because he, like, he was like, I'm like, he was in the jail cell, and he was like, right where I want to be, and then, like, nothing ever happened. Yes, this one seems that it's going to be much more elaborate. They've constructed a secret area in downtown Riverside where they're going to be hosting it. Your mission will be to infiltrate, get out anyone who you can, and shut it down. We'll be waiting in the wings to help, help clean up. Mm hmm. As with that many powered people, and we don't know who's who is amenable to leaving yet. Okay, but before we go in there, I just need what are Sticky Steve's powers? Because it's a little frightening. <laughs> Sticky Steve's ability is is pretty much in line. He can essentially shoot glue, like a like a goo, yeah, that can like make you that can like solidify and kind of like hold you in place. We need to keep Sticky Steve. Sticky Steve is just a good old Southern boy. Yeah, wait till you hear him talk. I love him. <laughs> I slip on my necklace so I can look like a different attractive person. Does he still look like an Atlantean? He definitely, yeah, no, he's very clearly still an Atlantean. Okay. But I would say, like, his hair is a much lighter shade. Uh, his eyes are a little more on the greener side, like, and, and his skin tone's a little different. Like, it looks like someone who's been sun tanning more often. Interesting. Okay, okay. Like, if anything, someone would think, is this, like, Yardak's cousin? Hmm. I'm Yara Zach. <laughs> Remember, they, they do not take on uh, real names here, so you will have to... Make up a code name. Yeah, you'll have to come up with your code name. Oh no, not again. I'm terrible at this. Bubbles. I like Bubbles. <laughs> <gasps> That's good! <laughs> no! Dog, I got this covered. Vapor Kappa has just kept his code name, as no one knows his true identity outside of a select few. Yartrav goes by Tide Titan. Have you just, like, started pulling names out of my bag of tricks? Because all of these have been fucking ace so far. What is your bag of tricks? Because I'm trying to think of a different name for Ruby. I mean, if you focus more on, like, the razzle-dazzle aspects of your power instead of, like, the illusionary stuff, dude, I'd go with strobe light. Ooh, that's not bad. Ruby, I need help with a jumpsuit and a motorcycle helmet. Makes jumpsuit, makes motorcycle helmet, gives. <laughs> Evil can evil swallow Ouija. Lewis checks his watch and he says, I think you should all get moving in case anyone is following Hyperact. We don't want them to track it back to here. All right, let's do this. I'm trying. I make like a kind of like a biker like jacket for myself too. And I, I'm trying to say, should I like make a wig just so I look different enough from visual aid? Visual aid is th thing is a mask. Like, it's not that different. You always have, like, a beanie or something. You could do a more full face mask. Mm-hmm. Why do you think I asked for the fucking motorcycle helmet? That's fair. You know what could be kind of fun for you to do in this situation, Ruby? Mm-hmm. What if you did a goggle and bandana over your face? Kind of like a wink and a nod to the original Hornet. That would work. That with, like, the beanie, I could see that being, like, a fun alternate skin in the inevitable Masks and Mayhem fighting game. Ah, yes, of course. Available only on the Atari 1147. Like, Nightlight is supposed to be bringing people in for, for the show and stuff, right? So I could pull this off like, uh, I found these people. 
Yeah, you've never been officially in charge of recruitment, but it does seem like management's always been happy to get more exciting people into the scene. Right. And because I'm so badass and I've been kicking ass and I'm like the number one coolest attraction in the club, it would make sense that I scouted people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you can try to pull that off. Okay. My outfit ends up being like kind of big sunglasses, a bandana, and the beanie. Okay. If you look at the map of Riverside City, right now you are downtown. Mm -hmm. You're more on the downtown portion that is closer to the Kirby Bridge that leads into the north end. Whereas this uh, secret facility has been set up basically underneath a skyscraper in the downtown area closer to Bendis Park, which is you know more in the direction of like Riverside uh, University. Hell yeah, hallway fight territory. Ruby also makes like a couple daggers and swords to bring in with her. Everybody in the visual van. I think that I should like run to the venue and like tell whoever's there that I'm bringing in some folks I thought who would be good entertainment. It's really close at this point. Like you came in, you scouted, you got things set up. They're planning on having the next event occur tomorrow. Okay. And you've known that they're at ones that make a particular good high amount of money or that have more people tend to go a couple days instead of just like a one night event. Mm-hmm. So it's also worth noting that Hyperact suit in this undercover mode is more of a stealth suit. Like couldn't really tell that it's the original suit. It's more of just like an all black jumpsuit style. Dan was honestly pretty accurate when he said like Waluigi evil can evil, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so Hyperact, when you arrive at the venue, you get there and management's kind of just going around with a clipboard, kind of making last minute notes, looking at the actual like giant cage, which has been kind of set up with some special additions compared to the previous one. It's more modular that it can be changed out depending on the type of fight. Okay. And when you approach, he goes, hey, if it isn't if it isn't the big show. That's me. What's going on, Nightlight? He's not really looking up. He's kind of just checking things off and, and kind of like probably half listening. So I found a few people that I think would be uh, really good for the show tonight. Oh? Is it okay if I bring them over? Uh, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, you've never really been in the recruitment side of things. But, you know, hey, hey, this is looking to be a big one. So, you know, some more some more new faces, maybe something exciting. If you want to. Yeah, let's let's maybe get him in here. We'll do a little little bit of a test run. That's exactly what I was thinking. All right. Yeah, you know the deal. Blindfold him, get him down here. We'll, we'll test it out if we like him. You know, we'll, uh, we'll we'll give him the deets. Sounds good. Uh, but I also do want you to roll a deception check. Yeah, I figured. I love the idea of like a bandana being tied around a whole last motorcycle helmet. <laughs> Deception's 11 plus 12 is 23. I can math. <laughs> uh, he's only kind of half listening, but when, uh, but when you, know, you start talking about bringing in new faces, uh, and you know, again, you've been working with him for so long, he, he's into it. Uh, now, if you want to imagine what, what management looks like, he's definitely like kind of a middle-aged guy, a little bit of uh, of muscle definition, but not a ton. Definitely has a look about him that says like middle management, but he also seems, you know, when you talk to him, pretty sharp. So I'm going to make a very nerdy reference that I think oh, maybe Sama and definitely Arsti will get. So he's a Florida and we're looking for the founders. Yes. I'm basically just imagining Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger Force, but like wearing pants. Okay, so since I got approval, I'm going to go run back and have Ruby, I guess, will make blindfolds. And they exist. And they exist. 
And I feel like Ruby would want to show off. Like, by the way, my powers can do new things now. And I make a hamburger. And I go, I can make food. Should I call Copycat to come help me bring them? That's up to you. I feel like it would be more believable. Because, so Copycat is my, like, arch nemesis in this whole thing. I hate him. He sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and, that was, and that was before he killed Flo. Yeah. I don't know if... We told you his powers, but he could basically duplicate himself and every single copy of him is just as powerful. Like it doesn't go less the more he copies himself. So basically he's been bullying people to stay in the club, even if they feel uneasy or uncomfortable. Like obviously some people are in it because they're enjoying themselves and they like to compete, but other people are in there because for, because of capitalism, because it's a, it's a good show and we want to bring people in and copycat bullies those people who don't want to be there that are bringing people in. So he doesn't have any other powers. It's just his duplication. He's just like a buff dude otherwise. Like if you were to take a guess, you'd, you'd assume ex-military. So we're not besties, but I think it would help me maintain my cover if I called him and I said, hey, I found these people. Management approves. Come help me take them to the gig. Should we go somewhere where you can find us? Um, okay. So let's say that I, I ran ahead, had that conversation with management, Came back, so you guys are still, like, walking out. Where should we go that I can call Copycat and it won't be suspicious? Mommy next. I was going to say Lunar Lattes. to be, like, just somewhere normal. This is the universe where Kmart never died. Unrealistic. I like Lunar Lattes because that seems like I would go in there and strike up a conversation with people. <laughs> <laughs> so let's head over there, and then I'll call Copycat. All right, so you call Copycat and he picks up. Hello, Nightlight. Hey, loser. So <laughs> um, it's a thing of mine that I refuse to use his nickname because he doesn't deserve it. Hey, so I found some people that I think would be really good for the show tonight. And I got approval from management and I need your help to bring them there. Sure, I guess. Uh, how many of me do you need? Well, I have three people. So maybe six. Are they coming willingly? Well, yeah, but you know the rules. All right, we'll be there. I'm at the Lunar Lattes at the intersection of Pearl and Nick Street. It doesn't take too long. Obviously, he's not a speedster like you, but, you know, Riverside, uh, you know, you're not too far, I'd say, from, from where he's at. Oh, right, guys. Blindfold's on. And, and he arrives, and, it, and it's uh, six of them all getting out of, like, an SUV. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks. I know this might be a little bit uncomfortable, but these are the rules, so you can't know where we're going. Sure, whatever. I'm assuming he can hear us now, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, sure. Get in the car, put on the blindfolds, we'll be there soon. I don't like it, but I guess if I gotta. Whatever, man. And he kind of like gives you a little like uh, shoulder punch. An Atlantean, huh? All right, this will be an exciting match. And I just do a little nod like that. <laughs> All right, and yeah, so do you get in the car with them? I mean, I guess there's no need, is there? But I'm going to just because... I don't trust copycat. Yeah. And it's actually, it's not an SUV. It's more like a van. Like there's like multiple rows of seating so that. Yeah. Like one of those 15 passenger vans. If there's four, if there's four of them and six of him. So 10 people. So yeah, it's a pretty decent sized van. Just filled on the same person. <laughs> uh, you're blindfolded and not too much longer after that. He's probably taking from your perspective, hyperact. He's probably taking a few extra turns, like going a roundabout way to get there. Right. And you arrive and they kind of guide you, you know, into this building and you hear the sound of like 
a door closing and an elevator taking you downward. And then, you know, once once you hear the next door open, they take off the blindfolds and you're in essentially like a fairly large underground arena. Rockets flashbacks. <laughs> um, it's got stadium seating all around, a big cage in the middle. Uh, and you see kind of it looks like the floor might open up. Wait till you guys see what goes on here. It's a blast. Okay, this is Brandon going. This is all fucking hype. <laughs> <laughs> right? You're like, ah, I might just stay. <laughs> Uh, and copycat kind of steps in the individual ones like as he's walking start like kind of dissolving and he kind of just forms back into the single guy it's so fucking cool no it's not <laughs> <laughs> so which one is like the real you yeah i'd like to know who the, the real you is too lady anyway <laughs> we weren't allowed to know that you give a good match give a good show you make some money starting sometimes depends on how well you do usually around three g's god damn Shit, I might do this. <laughs> it's definitely good money. All right, so normally to to do it a little initiation, we want to show we want to see what kind of uh, fighting abilities you have. We want to see what kind of showmanship you have. So, you know, usually, you know, we got an uneven number of you. Um, so I'm thinking we might just have you fight each other. You know, three way bout, make it something different. I've seen these assholes around here every now and again. I want to fight somebody new. All right, uh, roll a persuasion check. Okay. Oh, I mean, not great. That's a nine. Can I help with that? Yeah, you can aid that. Nine plus eight, 17. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I've hung out with these people too much. We we know each other too well. It would be boring. Uh, 22. All right. Uh, yeah, copycat kind of strokes his chin and says, well, what do you think, Nightlight? I'd say that we, we could match them up with some other people we, we've got over here. All right, so I'm going to roll a dice to decide who you're going to fight. Yeah. Sticky Steve. <laughs> Ruby's just sitting here like, I don't usually fight by myself. This might be awful. <laughs> so he points at you, Laserhawk. All right, Grease Lightning, do you, do you want to fight someone different? I'll tell you what, baby. Midnight Neon is willing to fight whoever you put in front of Midnight Neon. And let me tell you something that is, Midnight Neon will come out on top every single time. Roll a deception check. <laughs> Not because you said anything deceptive, but just because I need you to justify what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. 19. You get a hero point. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ruby is like, uh, is like literally having to like bite down her fist. All right. Uh, Atlantean, you're with me. Okay. You know what, actually, can we, can I get some names to go by? I'm sure this one told you, you know, we use code names here. It's a baby. I got yours already. <laughs> <laughs> On the third Jack Daddy. Okay, I came up with it, though. I'm current. Ooh, I like that. Oh, that's good. You can call me Strobe Light. All right, Strobe Light, you're with Nightlight here. Team Light. All right, current, you're with me. I'm going to well whisper to Myra. Her name sounds like we should be talking about the like power of friendship. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he pounds on a door behind him. And he goes, hey, get out here. And you see Claw come out. And he goes, this is Claw. Midnight Neon, you're, you're with him. Oh, I'm going to fuck him up, Jack Denny. So uh, we're just going to kind of simplify this. So I'm going to start with the two lights. So tell me like what you're doing for your fight. Because remember, the goal is to make it a, a, a really exciting show but also to kick the shit out of each other. I like that thing that I did on my 
initiation where I like threw the lightning and it went like in a circle. So like basically throwing it like kind of like a ring at them. If I hit the razzle dazzle at it, would it like bounce off something? I don't think there's anything wrong with trying and then we see. Uh, we're going to do this as opposed checks then. So uh, hyperact, you roll an attack check. You're going to roll it as a uh, as a check using your dazzle, Ruby. Math, math. Hold on. Eight plus 16 is 24. Oh, damn. 24. 24. All right. What was your roll then, Rachel? 15. Nightlight, Hyperact, Myra, uh, <laughs> runs in a big circle around generating energy and then maybe even does a big loop over the ceiling of the cage, coming down and throwing this ring of lightning out like a Frisbee. Mm-hmm. Ruby, I think you kind of like open up your hands and kind of try to do the razzle dazzle as Myra is throwing this, but it's just not in time and it just comes in a straight arc towards you, hitting you in the in the chest, arcs of lightning just radiating off you and sending you flying back into the cage. God damn. And then we're going to do one more round of that. And what are you all doing this time? I'm trying to think whether I should use my create power because I don't know. I'm worried they'll be like, she has a lot of visual aids powers strategic so maybe not throw anyone in a box um (laughs) yeah that's kind of a dead giveaway ah she's so much faster than me i'm trying to think of a creative way to use my power where i could go against myra i'm gonna mention that i'm gonna see like if myra's running somewhere i'm just gonna try to create a wall in front of myra okay uh what is the dc uh the dc for um that'd be create Ruby is actually just a competent Wiley Coyote. <laughs> I am! 17. Uh, Myra, you're going to roll a parry check. I rolled a 6. My parry is 15. So, 21. You wave your hand around the whole area, Ruby, as Myra is running. Mm-hmm. You kind of wave your hand across, and you're making multiple walls as Myra is running, but she's just a little too fast. She's just staying half an inch ahead each time, mm-hmm. keeping out from, from hitting it. Whew, I thought I rolled really bad, so <laughs> sweet. You did, but you're fast. <laughs> like Ruby's power set is not great for going against yours, especially when it's like, I also don't want people to realize uh, these are all visual aids powers. Right. Copycat looks at his watch and says, all right, we're going to call it on that one. Good job, both of you. Um, you can step out of the arena and like they open up the cage door to let you out. Good fight, uh, Nightlight. Yeah, good game. Hey out there. Hope you're excited to see Sama join us for this special arc. Was it as big of a surprise for you as it was for the players? We're very fortunate uh, that she was able to make the time to to be able to make this work so that we could continue Myra's journey as a hero and as a union agent and uh, and to get to spend a little more time with our friend, particularly because we never had a game before where Brandon and Samuel were both there, so that's been really cool. Another quick reminder that we have released that listener survey I keep mentioning. Your feedback is really valuable, and maybe we just want a little ego boost, you know? Also, for those who fill it out, uh, you have the option to give me your email, uh, and that'll start the process of getting a sticker sent to you. Anyway, the link is in the show notes uh, on your podcast app, as well as on the episode page on our website. Fill it out when you get the chance. But for now, let's get back to the game.
Claw and Midnight Neon. Uh, you're next up. A threat, Jack Debbie. Please go. <laughs> Please go. <laughs> Claw you know, seems like a reasonable individual. Goes to give you a little fist bump as you head in. I reciprocate. Kind of similar thing. What do you do to get started? This is maybe. I've been watching professional wrestling my whole life. Waiting for this exact moment in this very arena. Every single punch has a little snap of the wrist. Every single kick, I am stomping on the mat. All of my movements are exaggerated. And a beautiful shimmer of colors, Jack Daddy, is coming off of every single punch. I'm a clubbering on this boy. I have dined in the castles with kings and queens. I have dined in the alley on pork and beans. Daddy, this is my moment. And you will not take it away from me, Claw. Buddy, I'm just doing my best to make sure I don't accidentally gut you. Oh, you ain't going to be doing no gutting of any time, Jack Daddy. <laughs> this is my moment. The Midnight Neon Knights, Jack Daddy. So what are you doing? I'm beating the shit out of them. Ruby's like leans into Yardak and maybe Myra if she's there too. And just says, did I accidentally take some of the weed I give him? Like, I don't. <laughs> I clock him upside the fucking head with my fist. Oh, okay. Well, then roll that as an attack check. Uh, that's gonna be a 21. Alright, DC on that. 15, buddy. Alright. You catch him right upside the head, and he rolls with it a little bit, because, you know, he, he, that kind of came right in the middle of your monologue. He wasn't expecting it. Trying to sucker punch me, huh? Alright, let's see how this goes. He runs at you, does a combat roll, and then an uppercut. With his claws. Damn, he's trying to hit me with the Kawada clothesline, daddy. And what is the, uh, what is your parry plus 10? Parry plus 10, that's gonna be a 16. Oh my gosh. Uh, that is gonna connect, uh, roll a toughness check. Toughness check, that is... It's gonna be a 22 altogether, daddy. I think you move out of the way just in time. He punches you. Luckily, his claw only slices like the side of your uh, chest as he comes up. It's not going to slice your face because you're because uh, you have the helmet on. I still bump on it. You still what? Okay, so in wrestling, bump means like fall. I act like he full on hit me because of how close of a call that was, and I sell it like he hit me because I'm putting on a show. All right, all right, you get it. You get what's going kinda on here. Kind of stumble up to my feet, like wobbling around a little bit, kind of shake my head, get back in the game. All right, and what do you do next? Ooh, you know it'd be really fucking cool. So I want to run toward him, kind of like jump, put my feet on the cage, use the cage to like propel myself forward, and I want to hit him with a fucking clothesline. All right, roll that as an attack check then. Run so just so happy and I actually do some like professional wrestling shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, and your attack? Listen, baby, that's a twenty-six Jack Daddy. <laughs> Please don't do the voice while you're talking to me. I'm trying to stay in character, otherwise they will find me out, baby. Twenty-six <laughs> DC on that. Uh that's gonna be a twenty-five, Jack Daddy. So you spring off the side of this uh the side of this cage. A dazzle of lights coming out of your feet as you just clothesline over him, knocking him down to the ground, and he bounces a little bit. And he uses his claw to like dig into the ground and push himself back up, like a set of crutches, basically. That's when Copycat looks at his watch again and goes, All right, 
That is another match down. Right before he does that, can I say that we grapple together? I kind of lean in and go, that's right, baby. Give him a show. Give him a show, baby. All right, roll a strength <laughs> check. We're going to do contested strength check. Don't shit the bed there. That's a six. <laughs> that's fine. You still won. Fucking wait. What do you do with that win? It's not a strong win, but it's a win. I'm just saying with that, it's just like kind of grappling, making it look like we're going at it more, but kind of leaning in and being like, that's right, just give him a show, baby. Come on, Jack Daddy. He seems very pissed about this. It's way more theatrical. And uh, that's, I think, yeah, at that point when you're grappling is when Copycat looks at his watch and says, all right, uh, that is a, that is the end of that one. Thank you very much for your participation, Claw. Stick out my fist for the fist bump. Yeah, just like, but kind of lazily, like not with the same, not with the same energy. That's fine. He, but he doesn't go for the explosion. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> Copycat stands up, cracks his neck, and says, All right, Current, you're with me. All right, let's do this thing. Let's butter this muffin. Claw comes out and uh, uses his claw to just ding the bell outside. <laughs> I love that. And what do you do to get us started? Do you like the whole put on a show thing and just kind of like wave my water around in front of me? Like, oh, come on, like bring it on. Intimidation. Just trying to be just a jackass. I think it's flavor text. Yeah, just basically flavor text. You know, I'll, maybe I'll do a little bit more. So, like, I'm, like, having, like, my water and, like, rolling around, and then I'm kind of, like, snapping it at his feet. Like, come on! Okay, so it sounds like, yeah, like, you're trying to kind of throw him, throw him off his rhythm. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what mechanically you're doing. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> what is the outcome of this besides looking cool? What is your goal? To be honest, I don't know. I just thought it would be fun. All right, then he's going to go. Okay. So he is going to run at you, and he's running in a straight line, and then he splits off into two of himself. Uh-huh. And right before they reach you, they put their arms together for a clothesline. Oh, God. Sick. All right, what is your what is your parry plus 10? 18. 18, that hits. You're going to want to roll a toughness check. Ooh, okay. 13, 9, 22. He catches you right in the chin. Their forearms just smashing into you and knocking you down to the ground. You're probably bleeding oh out of your nose a little bit. And as they go past you, they kind of swing back into each other and form back into one. Okay, okay. So fucking cool. I hate that guy. Um, okay, what I, what I want to do is the ready for the next time he starts to split. Just drown him. Yeah, I was going to say, can I make a suggestion? Can you drown his ass? Yikes, the one time <laughs> I'm not trying to be a murder hobo. <laughs> but um, I want to wait for him to like go to split, because I'm imagining it like they like to come out of the sides of each other. You've seen him come from multiple directions at this point, but yeah, it looks like most commonly it does look like he come out like left and right. I mean, also, it doesn't really, I guess it doesn't really matter with what I'm trying to do, but like as he goes to split the next time, I want to like freeze the shit out of like his foot. So like when he goes to like leave, he can't. Oh, freeze him together. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking cool. Love it. Like when I've tried to put when I've tried to put um some net shoes on people. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna do this as an affliction. Uh, you should have something like your ice. Uh, like there should be like an ice affliction, ice bonds, or something like that. Yeah, ice bonds, affliction six. Okay, so that'd be a DC of sixteen. Let's see how this goes. Oh wow! Yeah, shit the bed. <laughs> so you probably are still on the ground, right? As he comes, and maybe he was about to go split again before he comes back at you. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm, like, on the ground, and my hand is there, and then I get the ice just comes out from my hand, and, like, goes across, the, like, and it's, like, across the mat. You slid water up right into his feet and then froze it right as he was splitting, causing both of them to trip and fall on their faces. 
Uh, do an acrobatics check. Plus a 23. Uh, you're also then able to kip yourself back up in one, in one flow. Maybe you even brought some water up to kind of like push you up as you went. Ooh, fancy. Kick him in the balls. I approve of that suggestion. <laughs> I want to take the water. I want to make a wind up with like both my fists and do like, I don't know, what is this? Backwards windmill motion to like have the water come out like then like have it look like fists. Sock them right in the gut when they're on the ground. Like an overhanded windmill and then the, and then the water flows with that motion and slams down on them. So you're going to roll that as a multi-attack. So roll that with a negative two on both. Okay. Okay, 17 minus 2, 15. So 15, and then 12 minus 2 is 10. So 15 and 10. Uh, so the first one hits, and what's the DC? 24. First one hits, and he just kind of like uh, spits out a bit of blood, like projectilely a bit from how hard the hit comes. The other one like reaches over, dodging out of the way, grabs him, brings the copy back in, and rolls out of the way. Shitty little nesting doll. <laughs> But he still kind of spits out a bit of blood. He taps three times. He says, all right. Yeah, I mean, that was good. You know, I, I wasn't sure what to expect, but that was uh, that was quite the show. I've got plans for you, buddy. Oh, God. I knew I pick them well. I don't know where you found these folks, but good job. The Natch is going to be tomorrow night. Um, we're going to give you some phones to use, and we just ask that you stay on the ready. You know, we might call you at any time. Got it? All right. Sounds good to me, baby. Payment will come at the end of the night. The better you're matched, the, the more exciting you're matched to, the more you might make. How do we get payment? Cold, hard cash, mamacita. Okay, maybe I should have drowned at him. Ruby was thinking if it was any kind of wire transfer, maybe that would like help with like investigation stuff, but cash is harder to trace. We're smarter than that. I mean, like, actually, could I get a cashier's check? <laughs> <laughs> would, you mind, uh, would you mind giving me a Venmo and a 1099 form? <laughs> <laughs> You see Sticky Steve run out, and uh, he's got a couple phones for you. <laughs> kind of wipes them down as he hands them off to you. Did he make them sticky? The only reason that Sticky Steve is not my favorite NPC is because my character has a son. <laughs> hey, folks, I, uh, I, was watching, I was watching from the VIP lounge. You, you, that was amazing. Thanks. Jack Daddy, I appreciate that. Izzy, I'm glad you could stick around to watch. <laughs> um, so yeah, he hands you these phones, and... Uh, and, and then Copycat kind of waves him away. Get it. Go on. Get Oh, Poor Sticky Steve. So yeah, what are you all doing now? Am I hanging out until tomorrow? Am I allowed to go? Yeah, yeah. They said they're just, you're going to have your phone. You're going to be on call. Guess Brock's going to train for the big fight tomorrow. Nightlight is not allowed to leave the premises, though. Right. I was going to say, I'm not going. Can I make an assumption that these phones have trackers on them? That's a fair assessment. You don't know for sure. Yeah, Ruby doesn't want to go to her apartment. <laughs> if they got a gym here, I'll use it. Yeah, yeah. They showed you. They got like a state-of-the-art training facility, locker rooms. Ruby, visual aid, sends two actual phones that she has to send a text to Bethany and Ricker to be like... Three phones now. God damn it. Audivision, uh, I'm safe. Just can't come home right now. All right, you just get thumbs up back from both of them. I love those. Like, yeah, oh, must be Tuesday. And I think actually Rickard sends you like a thing that you would recognize as a code as understanding. Like that means Lewis kind of told him what's up. What I wrote them in their head is like on a mission, but I, it maybe isn't like some kind of code that like something we've agreed on. 
So that way, if so, like if someone were to get my phone, they wouldn't know what I'm talking about. Exactly. At the mall. I was probably not at the mall, but. <laughs> working late, you know. Mm-hmm. Working late at the mall. Are you all hanging out or is, are any of you leaving? Yeah, fuck that. I'll get buff here. Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah. Let's hang around here. When you say that you're going to hang out here, uh, Copycat says, all right, yeah. Actually, hey, get back here. And he waves over Sticky Steve and he goes, show them around. They're going to spend the night with us tonight. Yeah. Oh, no, RC. That's dangerous. I'm keeping him. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, all right, folks. Uh, yeah, let me show you around. So, RC, I was thinking maybe Myra can maybe, like, follow Copycat around, see if he goes and talks to management. And he actually just goes up to you. Hey, do you want to uh, want to go talk to management about how these new recruits going? I think we're going to have a great show tomorrow. Let's do it. Ruby turns to Steve, uh, Sticky Steve and says, can't. Steve, can I call you Steve? <laughs> well, yeah, everybody does. Everyone, anyone ever call you Steven? Just Steve. Well, no, I told him my name is Sticky Steve, so, like, I wouldn't call you something that's not strobe That's 100% understandable, Sticky Daddy. Hyperact, Myra, Nightlight is heading off with Copycat. What are the rest of you doing before I cut over to that? I guess getting a tour. Yeah, just kind of, like, doing the whole, like, wide-eyed look-around thing, but, like, trying to listen to people. And Ruby's also just, like, looking around, like, where are reflective surfaces I could, like, bounce this shit off of? Um, And he kind of takes you around, and he's like, yeah, you know, I know know they kind of brought you in here covert-style, but, you know, it's a real real cool venue. Best one we've made yet. Uh, We're about four stories underground. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. And uh, yeah, we've got another layer below this. We got a cool state of the art training facility. We got a couple, uh, like a nice area you can kind of stay in. It's going to be a little shared, cramped quarters, but you know, it's a uh, you know better than nothing, I suppose. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll show you around the offices. Uh, wait till you see what this. Uh, we made this uh, this arena real modular because we got a whole bunch of new new folks in with newer kind of powers and stuff. So we wanted to be able to better show off those powers. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a real hoot. You're actually the second Atlantean we've recruited. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I know that, but I don't know that. I was like, what? There's another? <laughs> I would really get myself into some shit when I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he kind of shows you around the facility. Meanwhile, Samira, so you follow Copycat to management's office and you knock and you hear, give me a second. Roll a perception check. Ooh, this is going to be good. 9 plus 18 is 27. So yeah, without being too particularly like obvious about it, you're able to kind of position yourself next to the door and you're able to listen in and he goes, yeah, yeah, I got uh, looks like a few more recruits coming in. Big show. I think this is going to pull in a lot of money. Going to make it worth your investment. Trust me. It's It's been a real honor working with you. Trust me. It's going to knock your socks off. I, I hope perhaps you may be able to join us for it. So we we might meet the big boss then. I don't. I, I keep expressing it to be somebody we know and be like, God damn it, they might recognize me. And then uh, you hear you hear click. All right, come in. All right. So then I go in. <laughs> All right, and management's kind of sitting there, feet up on the desk. Please, please tell me you got some good news for me. You bet your ass we got you good news. All right, tell me more. Okay, I thought maybe Copycat will will say some stuff. <laughs> I thought he was going to lead because that's why I, I had him bring the people because I wanted him to be the person. 
And, you know, fine. Copycat goes, yeah, uh, the new recruits seem like they're going to be a fun show. One of them gave me quite a licking. I'm going to have to be better prepared next time if I fight him. Yeah, we, we got an Atlantean. We got someone who puts on a light show. And we got this tank sort of fella. With some sort of something wrong with him. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so what were you exactly trying to find out here? I overheard management saying that maybe the maybe the person they're reporting to might show up. But I obviously... Management doesn't know that I heard that. Right. So when we tell him that we have the new recruits that are going to be really good for the show, I imagine that would give him a kind of reaction that would make him feel good about what he has to tell the person he's reporting to. Excellent. You know, hey, hey, if this works out, you two are going to get a bonus this time. You know, you've been you've been with us for so long. You you two in particular have shown me a real loyalty that some others haven't gets up and he says I think it'd be a good idea I'm gonna get a good night's sleep I want to be you know up early for tomorrow's match uh was there anything else I needed to know any special reason you want to get up early tomorrow oh you know just the before an event I always like to be you know well rested uh, I got to be on my a game you know coordinating the fights and uh and you know uh, coordinating all the betting okay you know especially we're trying to woo in some some big money uh some big money viewers this time. Riverside's got a lot of cash flows, so I'm hoping, you know, we might be able to get some uh, some big spenders in here. I feel like we've been building up to this one for a while. Is there, do you know if there's going to be any special guests? You know, people come, you know, they understand that it's kind of a secret event that makes it a little more exciting, right? But it's, uh, you know, we're always just trying to one-up ourselves, kind of build our name without, without, we want the word out to the right people, you know? True, true. And I think we finally just reached that point. Might be able to get it into a into a mainstream face soon if we can just play our cards right. All right, so I guess I'll see you early tomorrow morning. Yes, you will. All right. If you need me, you got my number. Um, but try not to need me. You know. <laughs> you got it. You're smart people. You're self sufficient. Let's let's uh, you know, let's keep that trend going. Uh, what do you do next? Uh, I think Copycat kind of just looks at you and he's kind of grinning. I think it's the first time maybe that he's feeling like uh. I'm good about working with you. Okay, so we've got a little camaraderie going. Perfect time to betray him. I kind of can't forget that he's like a bullying asshole, so... Well, he didn't murder your friend. Like, that's not something you're supposed to forget about. Like, he can feel good about our relationship, but that's... I want him to, so... Okay, so what are you doing? I'm gonna go down to the training facility, because I figured that's where Sticky Steve was taking everyone. Yeah, yeah, I'd say you probably meet up and you're all together in the training area. And it's got like giant racks of, of weights and stuff that people can use. Uh, like some industrial sized stuff and like some powerlifting things to like really test uh, your powers with. Rocks in heaven. For you, uh, visual aid, there's probably like a whole training course of like uh, little dummies that come up that you could like try to throw things at. Rocks taking fucking notes. Oh, in terms of how this facility's designed? Uh, yeah, I'm practicing throwing daggers, kind of watching if anyone, is anyone else besides us training there? Yeah, I'd say not too long after you get there, you see Claw come down. You actually see the others that were mentioned, Yartrav and Vapor Kappa walk in. Resist. Yep, must resist. I gotta not make a fucking scene. Hard save, buddy. Yeah, you haven't seen Yartrav in something like five years. Last you saw him, he was getting locked up in the Atlantean prison. I think you're, like, obligated to approach him, though. 
Ruby's the Ruby uh, is the only one without an arch nemesis here so far. Ruby also wants to pay attention to the other people training to see if she can get like any ideas of how they use their powers and how she could use hers against them. Uh, so Yard Trav is kind of wearing like an outfit similar to Yard X, but I would describe it as more tank top in nature, a little more ripped up. Like he looks like a like a bit of a gym bro. Blech. And and he walks up. He's basically there's this machine that like is made for you to get underneath it and to lift it, and it adds increasing like weight. Like it's basically pressing down, and you're trying to force it back up. Mm-hmm. And he's doing that, but with his water, like he gets underneath it and uh, it starts pressing down. And he starts using the water to like generate force and push it back up. Got a got a voice activation. He just keeps saying more, more. And you see him starting to struggle a little bit. He gets down to one knee. He leaves the water in place and kind of combat rolls out of the way and then gently lets it down. And you see Vapor Kappa with all of the dummies mm-hmm. jumping forward with his sword. Going into smoke, appearing next to them, slice, appear next to another one, slice. Just kind of training on trying to be really fast about how long he stays solid before going to smoke again. Yeah, but he can fuck off. What are you all doing to train right now? Or what are you are you just standing around kind of chatting? Actually, I am not training. Kind of bullshit my way around, but I also want to do the whole like new guy thing and try to schmooze people and see what they tell me. Okay, who are you schmoozing? So we've got, and I was saying, Copycat probably walks in not too long after, so everyone except for management right now is pretty much in this room. I am straight up trying to get down with some hanging and banging with Sticky Steve. Well, for as much as I fucking hate him, uh, Yartrav, because if he's like going to be involved in an interaction movement, we know he's always trying to get himself into some shit, so I feel like he'll miss something. We've got you hanging out with Sticky Steve, Brock. We've got Yartrav and Yardak, who goes by current. Uh, oh, right, so you wouldn't know him as Yartrav, you would know him as Tide Titan. What are Strobe Light and Nightlight doing? I I think I was training a little bit, you know, with the throwing daggers. And I might try and schmooze a little too. Uh, maybe is Vapor Kappa the only one left to schmooze with? Ah, uh, well, there's Vapor Kappa, Claw, and, and Copycat. I'm going to avoid Vapor Kappa because of actually meeting him as Visual Aid at some point and worried he might actually recognize me. You know what? I'm going to try schmoozing uh, Claw. Okay. Uh, what are you doing? Dude, that, that was a really good fight. You got to... How long have you been here? And I'm just kind of asking about, like, his history here and stuff. Well, yeah, I've been uh, here since, uh, oh, God, what was it? 2018, I want to say. Somewhere thereabouts. It is actually 2022, right? In this? Mm-hmm. October 2022. Wow, I didn't, didn't realize people stayed that long here. Well, you know, it moves around all the time. New people to fight and always a chance to make some good money, you know? Mm-hmm. Some people have come and gone along the way. Some folks have really stuck it out. Like, uh, you know, we got a copycat and uh, Nightlight over there. have been really, really uh, into it for a long time. You, uh, you ever think about leaving? Hard to connect with the with whatever you got going on in the outside world. Yeah, that's the thing at this point. You know, this is this. There is no outside world for me anymore. I just uh, you know, I've got so, so much money saved. I've thought about leaving, but it's uh, it's a tempting place to keep keep on with, you know, you keep making more and more you keep uh you know for a guy like me and he shows off his claw you know there's not a lot i can do in the real world <laughs> yeah guess it can be it can be our heart out hit out there for people with powers yeah you know it's difficult when it's more visible like this uh not so easy to just blend in i can only imagine what about you kid what what brought you in i know uh, i know they just recruited you today you in it for the long haul you think i don't know maybe Scott, you know, might be same as you. Just, I just need some cash. Well, hey, listen, I don't, you know, even if it's just for one match, you, you can set yourself up pretty good. 
Just remember, the key is you want to win and you want to put on a good show. That's the two things they care about the most because that's what keeps them getting more people. Can we say we're talking near the near the dummies? Yeah, sure. And I go, well, I do usually know how to make things look interesting. And I make a dagger out of nowhere and throw it at one of the dummies. If you're going to get a hero point for how cool that is. Nice. You hit it dead center in the center of the face. Now, see, that's uh, especially if you're only in it for one round, showing me what you can do. That's uh, not your best call, but uh, that was impressive. I will give you that. And I look at him and go, that's just that's all I can do. All right, kid. Good chatting. <laughs> Call looks somewhere to be around Brock's age. Okay. Or bastard. I can only imagine that was me, Spiel. <laughs> well, especially because he's been doing this for so long, you know? Like, I work in wrestling. I get the fucking gimmick. So, yeah. So, I think with that, um, he goes off. Uh, he goes and hangs out in the sauna. So, what are you doing with uh, Sticky Steve, then? I am Sticky Steve. I need you to spot me as I go on these squat racks. Now, if you start to see me falter, Sticky Steve Daddy, I need you to make sure that I do not fall down. You are my guide. You are my rock. I am leaning up on you in order to get these games. You hear me, Jack Daddy? I, well, yeah, I, I, I think I can do that. But, like, I'm not, I'm not the strongest fella here. I, you know, depends on how much weight you're trying to put on. I might, not, I might not be the most help. It's okay, baby. Let me teach you one thing right now. Let me tell you how. Let me tell you how Midnight Neon got this body. It's not about how much you lift. You got to do it slow and low, Jack Daddy. You got to do less weight, but more reps and take your time while doing it. Use the natural resistance of your body in order to build muscle, Jack Daddy. Do you understand me? No. Sticky Steve looks like he's probably maybe early 20s. Now tell me, Jack Daddy, how long you been here? You look like you just a kid, if you will. Well, no, I'm a whole ass adult, you see. I, I, I came in when I was like, well, I told them I was 18, but I was actually 17. Ooh, scandalous, daddy. But I needed the money. So I, I've, been, I've been doing this for a while. I actually, you know, me and uh, Nightlight over there, we came in at the same time. Understandable, daddy. You get in the business, you can get out the business. Make your money. You gotta get the bag. Yeah, well, I, I've got the money. Getting out's a little bit tougher, but that's, that's neither here nor there. I'll tell you what, baby, one day when it's right, it's right, and we're going to get out of here together. We're going to go to the promised land. But right now, I need you to spot me on these squats, brother. And he looks like, tilts his head to the side. Well, well, all right. <laughs> I think the problem is I think you're going to scare off Sticky Steve. Now, I am trying to inspire. I have five ranks in Inspire, and goddammit, I am okay with the first time I ever use that being on Sticky Steve. You haven't used it on Hornet? <laughs> that was my first adventure. I was still learning the character sheet. Shut up. No, not that hornet. The one you've been trading. So anyway, uh, Yardak, what are you doing? Since you see, you said you're going to go talk to to Yartrav. I want to walk up to Yartrav and be like, "Well, look here, another Atlantean in the midst." Well, hey there, brother. Uh, what are you? Uh, what brings you into here? You, you Did you come up to the service with all the others? Yeah, I mean, I got while the getting was good, and uh, now that I'm up here, I gotta make me some cash somehow. It's not like Atlantis, I'll tell you that much. Thank God, not with how things are going down there, but, you know, these, uh, and we don't even have to be able to do very much for these uh, land dwellers to be impressed, am I right? Honestly, it's all, ooh, hocus-pocus magic. Tell us how you really feel, Yardak. <laughs> Yeah, actually, that's a good point. Uh, is this, uh, say, I might have to have you roll deception. Oh, I don't like that one, but okay. 
27. If he ain't deceived, then I am perplexed. Hell yeah, brother. We're going to we're going to wipe the floor with him. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, brother. I fucking love every character tonight. I think all all the Atlanteans are just surfer dudes. <laughs> hell yeah, brother. We're going to we're going to make them look like fools. We're going to take their money and we're going to get the hell out of here. Shit. Yeah, sounds like a plan, man. So what'd you do back down back, back down under? Ah, uh, you know, I worked with a couple merchants down there. I was trying to just, you know, keep my head afloat, but uh with everything the fucking king was doing to tax us, you know, you had to do what you got to do. I couldn't take Yarkaven's rule any longer, you know. I was I was in in the shit trying to, you know, make changes, but no one really no one really liked what I had to say at the time. And now look at them. Now they get it. Oh, so were you one of those dudes that was involved in like that uprising? Yep. That first wave of it, I was trying to put it all together, and then that bastard Yardak figured it out and put me in prison. I was in there for like 5 years. But then during all the shit that went down recently, I was able to get, get out, made my way to the surface as soon as I could. Can Ruby hear any of this? I'm going to say no, right? He's not being quiet about it. I mean, first off, okay. what the fuck does he care if some land, land folks hear about what he did down there? So Ruby starts paying attention there, realizing like, oh, Yardak knows this guy. And like, yeah, I think maybe Claw's probably listening into at this point. Yeah, I never really got involved with like the uprising or whatever, but... Uh, as soon as I heard about the genocide, I was out of there. Like, fuck that for a king. I think with what's going on up here, you know, the number of us that are gathering, we might be able to put together something, really make something for ourselves. Like make our own town up here? Yeah, yeah, you know, form something separate, something new, something better. Take over Rhode Island. <laughs> and Myra, what are you up to during all this? I was going to just sort of sit somewhere in the corner where I could like blend in and be forgotten about because I, I sort of want to pay attention to what everyone's doing. Okay. So you're taking all of this in and then you see copycat gets a call. Is, is he just like, where is he in the middle of the room? Is he heading out? He was working out at the time, like lifting weights. Um, and then he gets this call. He puts the weights down. He answers it and he goes, yeah, sure. I'll be right there. Um, and he splits apart and then one of them starts to walk out the door. Can he keep one of himself? Like, in a building, and then the other one just, like, goes away, like, indefinitely far away? Or? Yeah, as far as you know, like, they are completely independent from one another. Okay, well, I do want to copy the- copy. Follow the one that left, if I could do that without being noticed. Okay, roll a stealth check. Bottom 10, 21. Right before the door closes, you zip through. Um, he does not seem to take notice of it. Visual, though, you do see that Claw definitely is, like, watching as Myra leaves. Okay. Doesn't really say, say anything, but just kind of is watching. Like, you see his eyes follow, because you also took notice. Mm-hmm. Laserhawk and Yardak, you also noticed that Myra left and followed this clone. There's, like, a place with just, like, a bunch of weights, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this whole facility is, a lot of it is weight-based, because, you know, it's a lot about working out. Yeah, and there's also a sauna, and there's also, like, you know, like, squat area, and there's, like... A super speed treadmill. Yeah, it's treadmill. Like, there's there, everything. Anything that would have a normal gym, but also, like, amped up to 100. I make a couple of weights, like, just appear out of nowhere so they land on the ground, but I also use my visual powers to make it louder. Okay, uh, roll a deception check. That'd be a good one. Good thing I'm good at lying. Uh, 19. The original copycat, as well as Claw, both turn around and look towards it. Vapor Kappa is really not 
too caught up in it. He's still kind of doing his thing with the dummies. At this point, Yard Trav is kind of just ra- is kind of just ranting at Yardak. Um, but then, yeah, no one really took notice. Good. I want him to rant, so then he'll say some shit that I might need to know. And we're gonna pop out then, and we're going to see what you uh, you're following, copycat, right? Yes, yes, I am. She's co- she's following a copy of the copycat. Well, we we assume. Uh, you see him. He gets back into the car that he had kind of driven you all over in, and he drives. Uh, I imagine like you're probably not running alongside it, but you're like kind of zipping around to like kind of see where he's going. Yeah. And you notice he crosses the bridge. He ends up uh, in the north end. Okay. He stops and goes into a building. It's kind of a nondescript apartment building. And you notice that he's uh, there for a little while. And then he comes out and has someone blindfolded to be put into the van. Ooh, okay. So he's recruiting. Is he normally in charge of recruiting? Flo was kind of the one who was head of that until, you know. Until he was murdered. Did he murder Flo just for like a promotion? Uh, he murdered Flo specifically because uh, Flo was in- they found out that Flo was informing to Interpol that Flo was trying to get out. And with his dying breath, he told me his name. So he comes out. He comes out with somebody who's in a blind who's in a blindfold. You don't really get a good look at him. Drives him back to the facility. Okay. So now, are you going to try to get back inside before him, or what's what are you trying to do? So I, I was thinking maybe I'd check out where they came out from to get some clues, but I don't know. Because my goal is to find out who management reports to, and I don't think I would get any kind of clues like that from wherever Copycat just came from. So yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rush back to the venue and see if I can like figure out where he's going. So you, you notice that he's coming right back, like straight back to the, to the venue. He's not making any pit stops or anything. Okay. And are you inside then, like back with everybody else in the training area or? Yeah, I'll go back to like the weight room. You slip back on in. No one really seems to pay any any real mind. You know, it's not long after that that management comes in. Was it fight time? Hey, folks, just wanted to say we're kind of finishing up for the night here. I want everyone to get a good night's sleep to the new recruits. I really appreciate you coming out. But I just wanted to give you a chance to introduce you to our Final recruit, I think, for tonight, unless anything changes for tomorrow. What's this bullshit gonna be? I know, I'm so scared. That is when Copycat walks in, unblindfolds the person who at least three of you recognize as Hornet, Pam. Oh, Oh, fuck, kid. Is she here willingly? Yeah, the three of you are all, like, looking different than you normally would, and, you know, I don't think she would know right away who you are. And obviously, obviously, uh... Well, I have no idea who Sama is. She's going to fucking find out who I am soon. So does does Pam go for like a weight machine or something? We need to have a chat. Hi, everybody. Um, and she looks kind of like, you know, she's kind of putting on like a tall, confident stance. Uh, she's not wearing her Hornet outfit, to be clear. How you doing, Jack? That is. Kind of gives you a quizzical look and goes, pleasure to meet you. Um, they call me Stinger. What's your name? They call me Midnight Neon Jack Daddy, and I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna be the biggest star that this company's ever seen, baby. Okay. Cool. <laughs> hey, I'm Strobelight. What you got going on? She's not wearing the suit that gives her her powers, right? The suit is just made to mimic the original Hornet's powers, specifically the uh, the shocking fist. Oh, yeah. Her Her main thing is that she has extremely agile reflexes. 
Cool. Go off by yourself so I can roll a stealth check, kid. Oh yeah, her backstory was that like it that she got kicked out of sports because it turned out she was posthuman, even though people really couldn't tell, right? Right, exactly. I like go up and like offer like to shake hands with her. Okay, and she accepts it graciously. And I just kind of whisper like, "What's going on? Why are you here?" Like very, I I would like to roll a stealth check because I don't want anyone else to like see that I'm doing this. Okay, roll a stealth check. <laughs> I put stuff in stealth because of this, which is good because that roll is shit. Um, uh, seventeen. And she goes with what you're saying and goes, what am I doing here? What are you doing here? Everyone has their own reason for being here, whoever you are. Okay. I go, true. All right, you can only you can only maintain it. You can only maintain a whisper handshake in front of a bunch of people for so long. But also like having to lean in and to whisper in the ear. She breaks off and uh, management kind of goes, yeah, yeah, you know, make her feel welcome. I know a lot of you are new, too. Like I said, make sure to get a good night's rest. And tomorrow night's the big night. I'll tell you what, kiddo. Stick your seed gave me the lowdown on this place earlier. How about I show you around the place? Show you where we gonna be bunking? Show you where we gonna be eating? Show you where we... Well, I guess you know where we gonna be working out. And she kind of, like, shrugs, I guess, and says, okay. And follows you. I go where there is no one so I can stealth check. You're leaving the workout space. Maybe, like, you're in, in the hallway outside. Management's already kind of made their way away. Uh, roll a stealth check, though. Um, well, that's going to be good. 34. So you're walking along, and what what are you doing? The moment that we are, like, somewhere where I feel confident enough to do this, I imagine that this uh, uh, motorcycle helmet has, like, a visor I can flip up. Okay. I want to flip it up, my eyes shining green so she knows it's me. What the fuck are you doing here? Laser up, what the fuck are you doing here? Infiltrating this place. A lot of the people that come in here don't get to come out, not by their own volition. Shit. I don't know how he figured out about my powers. You know, I don't think he figured out who I am, but I uh, he, he approached me and said I could make some good money, and damn it, I need it. You needed money. You should have came to me, kid. Listen, I'm not saying I'm broke. I'm just saying you said I could make some good money and, you know, might as well, right? Does Brock have money? Yeah, also, Brock doesn't have that much money. Enough to help my protege. Jesus. Look, kid, I guess you're in the shit with us. Wait, us? What do you mean? Well, you just talked with Ruby. Are you kidding me right now? Yardak's in there completely gimmicked up. You wouldn't even recognize him if you talked to him right now. Brock, I'm not kidding when I say, like, if I'm if I'm in this, I'm in it to win it. That's fine, kid. I'll job for you. I'm not here for glory. I'm here to do a fucking job. Tell me tell me more. I'll say, I, I, maybe I can try to do something, too. Look, I don't know a whole lot about this situation. We're actually here with... One of fucking Ruby and Yardak's friends. I have no idea what's going on with her right now, but basically we're here to shut this thing down and liberate. And as we do so, I for one am going to make sure that I squirrel away every fucking dime I find to help you. 
well, we should probably try to like, you know, keep it inconspicuous, you know, get back in there, right? You want, actually, you should take me on the tour. Flips the visor down. You're right, Daddy. Now, right here is the toilet. Now, let me tell you about this place in particular. And we transition to the next scene. Back in the weight room, I'd say Yartrav, Claw, Copycat, and Vapor Kappa all are sort of finishing up what they're doing and say that they're going to retire to their rooms for the evening. What are the rest of you doing, if anything? I'm going to blend in and I'm going to go with them since I'm one of the like veterans of this. Well, you have your own room. It's basically all the recruit, the new recruits from today. Those are they're all going to have to kind of bunk together. Right. What's the uh, sleeping situation like? Is it just kind of like cots in a big room or we bunk beds? Listen, Daddy, I call top bunk. Sticky Steve showed you to the room and says, hey, when, whenever y'all are ready to go to bed, um, you know, we're kind of locking down the place for the night. You won't really be able to go, but uh, but this is where you're going to be staying. When you say bunk beds, is it like just a room with a set of bunk beds or is it like there's just bunk beds everywhere? Three bunk beds, one on each wall, essentially, except for the one with the door. Are they watching us at all in here? Can I make a investigation check to see if this place is gimmicked up? Sure. Oh, that's going to be a 24, 24. Yeah. I, I, so when you're looking around, you do find like a single audio recorder. Oh, they're listening. Built in. It's gonna, we're going to say it's inside of one of the, uh, the smoke alarms. <laughs> Spark. Mm. Yeah, I break it. That's not suspicious. Yeah, fuck him. Oh, okay. Midnight Neon does not like people infiltrating his sleeping time, baby. Midnight Neon talks in his sleep and he does not want people to hear what he says. He does not want to hear the screams anymore, Daddy. Oh, what? God. Oh, could I get a different room? I thought maybe you guys would want to be clever and, and write shit down on paper to read so that it's not audio listened or maybe do sign language. But OK, you could break it, I guess. Pam, what the hell are you doing here? I already told him I'm trying to make some money. I didn't, you know, I didn't know y'all were going to be here. I didn't know it was some kind of fucking operation. How did you hear about it? He found me, uh, whatever copycat, uh, figured out my powers, said if I wanted to make some quick money. It's a little worrisome that he was able to find one of our, like, associates, allies. I'm surprised he didn't have you come in with the suit, though. Well, again, I, he knows about my powers. I don't think he knows that I'm Hornet. Okay. Well, that bodes well for the rest of us, at least. Honestly, kid, it's probably for the best that we're here, because without your suit, nothing against you. I don't think you'd have been making it out of here. I think you'd have been going on tour. Who do we think we can convince that they should go? Like, who do you think is ready to go? Sticky Steve's a nice guy. Sticky Steve would do great in the world. Good. I'm, I'm not sure about Claw. He's been here a while, but... I feel like if we can find his motivation... Money, by the sounds of it. Money, he thinks this is the best, uh, the best life he can have, basically. Actually, I think Hornet looks at you and goes, so, like, who are you? What do you do? Yeah, so I'm actually codenamed Hyperact. Uh, I used to work with Ruby and Yardak. Um, we worked for Union a few years ago. Oh, I remember hearing about you. Yeah, you disappeared. Uh, yeah, this is where I've been this whole time. It's not fun, so... Our new mission is to shut it down and, and get the people out of here who don't want to be. Yeah, we're trying to make sure you don't get disappeared. So, like, what's next? I guess we fight. You put on a show. Chapter 65
The Clash Club. Masks and Mayhem uses the game Mutants and Masterminds 3rd Edition by Green Ronin Publishing. We are not affiliated. Be sure to check out our Ko-fi if you're interested in helping the show grow. That's ko-fi.com slash mayhemcast. This episode was written, produced, and brought back after being gone for years by myself, R.C. Byler, with production assistance by Pope Brandon Brownson. If you enjoy the show, please leave a review on podchaser.com. Our logo art is by Jen Evans, and our font is by A.J. Eisen. Our music is by Pope Brandon Brownson. Additional music credits, social media links, blog posts, and episodes can be found on our website at masksandmayhem.com. I was so, I was like, I cannot wait for RC to tell me to jump in. I can't wait. And I was just like waiting for the next. How did you know? Were you on like a Discord call at the same time? I was waiting for a messenger message that says join. Oh, okay. I had the link open. I just didn't click join until he said. RC said there was someone else in the room and I got my hopes up and I realized there's no fucking way and then you're here. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've talked about it so many times whenever he's like, oh, and then there's somebody there, somebody there. And we're like, is it Myra? Is it Myra? I have legitimately waited for that who the fuck are you for so long. <laughs> I can finally retire that joke. <laughs> Fucking legit, though. Like, uh, this is one of the cooler settings you've lined up for us, RC. This place is so fucking cool. Yeah, this place is really cool. I'm really glad that you like it. I mean, so Sama and I actually did, basically, like, to kind of re-familiarize her with the rules, we did a little mini-adventure uh, that we recorded that basically is kind of lead up, basically, what she was doing in those different locations I mentioned. Sunset Beach, High Wind, Brisbane. Nice. Specifically, High Wind City, we had that timeline-wise as October 2020 which was specifically when Myra made her cameo appearance at the end of season one. To charge up that crystal. Yeah. I forget exactly when I originally messaged you some. I want to say like six months ago. It was a long time ago, and we like pushed it back a couple times. I, orig- I originally asked you in July of, 20- of 2021. <laughs> oh my god, a full year. And it'll be even still a couple months before this releases. I want to keep Sticky Steve, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I If you guys get to keep fucking Ulrich, I want Sticky Steve. <laughs> yeah, I also like that I got to mix, uh, to, to loop Ulrich back into this, too. Uh, yeah, that was fun. I learned the part where he got his shit rocked. Yeah. Brandon, what would hurt you more? If RC pulled an Austin with Sticky Steve? Or if he pulled a Sloan Matthews? I think betrayed us. Uh, definitely... Austin would break my heart more because a dead man can't have a redemption arc. So yeah, um, anything you didn't like from tonight? I, I didn't like all the the how was it something, Daddy? Didn't like those. Little, they <laughs> listen. I can't control. I can't control what your colleague does. 
I didn't like that management didn't tell me who our special guest is going to be next time. I'm really sorry that that uh, I didn't do your job for you directly. Hey, Brandon, thank you for the theme song. It rules. Oh, yeah, fuck. We're going to get to use that now. Kick ass. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, it, it worked out so perfectly that you were like, I like tried to subtly say that I wanted one. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I'm into it. And then I was like, all right, Hisama, you got to reply to this so we can have it ready. And they got it ready in like 30 seconds. Yeah, it came together really fucking quickly. Like, it's almost like Brandon is just really fucking talented. 